Good morning, everyone who is listening. We have another guest, which I can't hear because the music is so loud. Thank you. <laughs> uh, should I try that again? I don't know why no, it's do. so loud. I don't know why it they never so, yeah. it never dials down, and I'm just talking over it like a psycho. To be honest with you, I think what happens is we're recording on Skype, and we only do the music. We're, okay, so a little yeah. bit behind the scenes, folks. We only do the music so they can get into the mood as we start. I cut the there, music. That actually is the worst mood music ever created. Elsie picked it, and I hate it, but go ahead. But I'm just saying, I think Skype, no matter what I set it on, because it's only set at 10%, what I grab set it on, Skype grabs it and just yanks the volume. Oh, up. oh. Because okay. I could tell because it, you stopped, I couldn't hear you anymore. If it was up to me, it would be Cotton Eye Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? All right, sorry, just kidding. Um, Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for coming. We have a special guest today. Um, Elsie is still on the road. Today she is traveling seven hours to Wyoming, which I learned is the 48th least populated state in the United States um, after North Dakota, which is where she was last week. So pretty interesting stuff. She's probably in heaven because she hates all people. So today we have my very good friend and brother, Mark Asquith from Podcast Websites. Um, welcome. Thank you for being our guest today. Where's Wyoming? Wyoming is at the very top of the country, bordering Canada, a couple states over from Washington to the, to the right, all the way on the left. Wait a minute. Washington has a state as well? Yes, yeah, Seattle is in Washington. State. D.C. is not a state. D.C. is a district, which is the only district, I guess. Oh, but, man. Uh, I know. This is confusing. So I'm already confusing. out of my depth. I know. No, Wyoming is um, – if you ever see a picture of a mountain and a buffalo, that's probably Wyoming. It is where the buffalo roam. If you ever heard should, that song, give me a home. come to the Barnsley. Roam. Then you'll see some buffalo, Jess. Don't tell me a buffalo in Barnsley. Well, we've true? got buffalo in Barnsley. Like, you know, you late on a Saturday like, evening. They turn into unicorns. I was going to say, are you talking about heavy women? Because they have not talking about everywhere. He- no, I can't talk about heavy women. I'm on <laughs> She Podcast. I'm talking about all women. Why? I'm a... All women in Barnsley. Are Buffalo? No, there's some beautiful people. She's in Colorado. And I, I mean, I know I'm going to get shit for this because I know we have listeners that live in Colorado. And she, she actually was sitting in a coffee shop and she posted a... She was like, some dickhead is... The whole cafe was clear, but the person sat right next to her, like at the next table over. And she was like, I'm itchy. Make it stop. And I was like... And she texted me a picture of the woman. And it's, she's so Colorado. Like, she was like a short... It was like almost like a... Someone cut her hair one time in like 1986, and then it's like her face has just been scrubbed with sandpaper every day. Like it's that ruddy, scrubbed. I've never seen a makeup brush in my life look. And then like one of the shirts that looks like it's made out of recycled burlap. Like the whole, like it was super Colorado looking. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot the woman looked like that. They don't all. So I know that some of you are listening who are lovely, but um. Yeah, it's a very scrubbed-looking look in Colorado. And I was like, oh, damn, I forgot. But yeah. Hey, speaking of the um, the dick that sat next to it, so we were, I'm going to tell you a little story about that because I was, I was laughing way beyond any comprehension. So Kieran and I, you know Kieran. Yes. We went to, uh, we went to watch the soccer, the football. I'm going to say the football, screw this. We went to watch the football, the World Cup. And we sat down. In, and I'm talking, this is the middle of last Tuesday. We had the afternoon off work. We went down, we got a nice pint, we sat down, 
and there was no one in. There's like a 300-foot screen with the soccer playing, really loving it. No one in. Two guys came in. Two guys. Oh, no. And they sat directly in front of Kieran, like three foot away from him. What the fuck is wrong with people? (laughs) He turned around, he looked at me with that gormless little face, and he was like, what the fucking hell is going on here? (laughs) Kieran is his business partner, podcast website. He's kind of like, uh, well, Mark is like the face. Kieran is the kvetch, I guess. Does he know what that means? Kieran's the body. I'm the The face, Kieran's the body. He does have a, you know what? He picked me up last time he hugged me. Goodbye. He like picked me up almost over his shoulder. I was like, He's probably the only man in the world that could do that. <laughs> yeah, he's point. dense. He's dense. He is. Yeah, he, I was he, impressed. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Kieran is usually at the booth of podcast websites. So if you're coming to Podcast Movement, say hi to K- He'll be there, I'm assuming, right? He's very cute. Little nerdy glasses and like a very British face. He's adorable. So funny. And yeah, I could totally see him just, yeah, looking at you with like a – he has kind of like a pouty, sad hangdog look when he's been pissed off, which is adorable. But most of the time, he's wonderful. He gets pissed off so often as well. We like argue like, like we argue more than you and me argue. Although, albeit we do it face to face versus one text from me and fifty two from you, it's a slightly different dynamic. But, <laughs> but it's the same outcome. Puppy dog eyes. You know yeah, you know, you guys could um, weigh in on this. And John, I would like to hear your opinion. Which is better when you're texting someone? Do you prefer them to text you as if they were speaking? So like if this were a conversation, I would text you this sentence. Then I would text you this sentence. Then I would text you this sentence. Or do you prefer that someone gather all their thoughts, make you wait three minutes, and then get a paragraph like a mile long with everything? I'm a skimmer. So what happens is I will miss a lot. So I prefer short bursts than a diatribe of everything. Well, and it's not really a diatribe because he's a man. So it's like really four sentences. It's not really like a diatribe. Once in a while. But for the most part, no. Um, it's just that there's four altogether instead of just the one. I'm a skimmer as well. But I want to hear from the ladies or whoever's listening, all of you. Write me at feedback at shepodcast.com and tell me short bursts or long paragraph because he's constantly giving shit about this. And I feel like I just write the way I think. So... Anyway, I think in short bursts because I'm distracted. Um, Okay. Speaking of podcast movement, I just want to get this. I'll go ahead and get this out of the way right now. If you're not coming to podcast movement, shame on you. There's going to be at least 2,000 podcasters there. There's hundreds. That's what it says on the website. He made, Mark made a face of me. See, we can see each other today, which normally Elsie and I don't do. So Mark made a funny face. No, it's 2,000. I believe it's going to be over 2,000 people. And actually, if it's in the Philly Convention Center, it's definitely big enough. Um, but I think it's in the hotel. I'm not sure. And hundreds of sessions, anything. If you're listening right now and you're thinking of starting a podcast or you're wondering how to do something, storytelling, monetization, grow your audience, use Instagram. I'm telling you, there's a session there for you. Check it out. Podcastmovement.com. If you use the promo code SHEP, you will get a hundred. Nope. Sorry, you will not get $100. It will be $50 off. Plus, you'll get to see me and Mark and John and all the people that you never get to see normally because it's somewhere else. Although Mark goes everywhere. Let's not lie. He basically lives here half the time. That's not a lie. No, yeah, it's not. You live here all, you were here a lot. But yeah, John never comes to shit. So you'll get to see John, which is exciting. You'll get to see Elsie of one of her two events per year that she does. And also, speaking of that, if you want to do a in-person intimate vip session with elsie and i we are doing a full day immersion in how to 
be really creative with your content and grow your show. It's going to be at my house. There are really limited spots and half of them are about filled up. So go to um, shepodcast.com forward slash Philly VIP. You don't have to be going to podcast movement to go to our VIP session, but it's going to be in my living room. No schmooze allowed. No husbands allowed, but men are allowed. So if you want to join us, you're welcome to. Why are you making that face now? I'm just saying it to study with us, not necessarily to. So there's a little bit of background for you guys listening out there. I get a text from Jess, one of 30, um, just to say good morning. Oh my God, I can't. And then, so what happens is I get this text message saying, hey, do you guys and Kieran and Izzy and Hannah who's coming up, do you want to come for dinner at my place? So now I'm thinking, wait a minute, do I have to go to like shepodcast.com forward slash dinner and put like No, shut down? up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. No, but that would be really nice if you did do that. But no, no, that was just a personal invitation to come have dinner with me. And no matter if you guys don't come, because I've asked John at least seven times. He lives a half hour away. He's never been here for dinner. So Yeah, but this is the thing. So I live half an hour away from all things that everyone, when they come to York, should do. And I never do them. So I get that. John, I'm with you on that, mama. And like when we come and make the trip to see you, of course we'll come. But if you said to us... Go somewhere 30 minutes from your house. I'm like, nah, do that tomorrow because it's not going anywhere. No, you're totally right. Are you guys going to have a car when you come? I don't know because I always have to drive because I'm like the oldest now, Anna. And that Ramona sometimes drives. Yeah, I'm allowed to drive everywhere since the court order got lifted. I'm fine. That was just one off. It was fine. And. No, but Kieran's not even 25 yet, so he's like, the, you know, he's the kid, and he, so he he gets off so lightly, um, so he's going to drive next year, I think, so maybe we'll have a car, but if not, if not we're going in the Casada Jess in the Jessmobile. Yes, it's going to be really fun. You'll get some of the best takeout in the Wilmington area when you go. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. It's going to be the best 40 minutes of my life. Mark, did I ever tell you that when the doorbell rings, my son yells dinner no matter what time of day it is? <laughs> Well, that's, that's, I think that's called conditioning, Jess. I know. It's really sad, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Coming from my background, normally when the, like, if the doorbell rings in my house, I go and hide behind the sofa and hope no one wants money. That's like yes. my, I'm like, oh shit, no way. I don't, please, not, I don't want to pay one pound for the TV this week. And my mom was like freaking June Cleaver. She was like an amazing cook. She made everything from scratch and like I can barely boil water. It's really sad. Um, Scott will probably cook for us if you come for dinner. But anyway, so yeah, so back to Podcast Movement. Please come, podcastmovement.com. Use SheP for a discount. And if you want to study with us or even just check out, not study, if you want to hang out with us, it's a six-hour thing. Elsie and I are going to be talking about growing and community and money and doing things that are, you know, the exact right things that you want to do for your podcast and achieve those goals that you are only dreaming of. Shepodcast.com forward slash Philly VIP. Let's move on, shall we? So, Mark, before we move on any further, I haven't really – I just said Mark from Podcast – you know, tell them, like, what kind of stuff you do. I would rather you t- – I mean, I, I know you do podcast websites, um, which is an awesome podcast host that does beautiful, beautiful websites. And I've talked about you on the show several times because it is literally the only drag-and-drop, easy-bake website product that I approve of, even if – uh, it doesn't have hosting attached to it. It's worth it just for the website because because Wix sucks. I hate Squarespace. WordPress is hard unless you know code, etc. So tell us about what kind of stuff you're doing. Well, thank you very much. I you're so do. welcome. Please do. I will. Thank you very much. Skype, just so you guys know, is kicking my ass on this side of things. So you guys are freezing up all over the place, but you look pretty when you're doing it. Apart from when you pull that face. No, that's a pretty face, Jess. And John looks angry. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um <laughs> Now he looks happy. Yes. Oh, and that's me for the day. 
So I do like kind of lots of different things for podcasters, but mainly it's right now it's podcast websites, the platform. Um, and like you said, the idea is that Wix is Wix can work, you know, Squarespace is, can work. You can build your own website out, but you've been able to do that forever, you know. So what we do is we, we, we just help people become more than podcasters, help them step up their game, help them become brands, help them monetize in different ways. Because if you think about anyone that makes any money online, they're not using fucking Wix. You know, it's the same for podcasters. So that's why we exist. And like you said, you know, we do the media hosting as well, but it's even without that, you know, it's the, it's the support, it's the design tools, it's... It's everything that we provide in terms of the knowledge. So you get, you're essentially getting a design and brand agency working on your podcast, but without the cost. Yes, exactly. That's the feel of it, really. And that's what, that's what the background was. But as you know, we've got some interesting stuff coming down the wire, some new podcasting tech, which I'm super excited about, which we're debuting the brand and the uh, early interest list at Podcast Movement. We're, we've got a big-ass midway sponsor booth one of the biggest actually at the event which is going to be interesting so we're going to unleash that on the world a little bit i'm so excited it's game changing technology i see all the things for it it's i it's just going to change podcasting forever i've no doubt i I hope so as well and i actually it's rare that i allow myself to get confident with stuff like that but i actually do think it will how could you not with this though it stems well. It stems from kind of our background, though, doesn't it? And here's an interesting tidbit, which I don't. I think this might be an exclusive. Like I had the the idea for this Ooh. new product. I had this idea way before podcast websites. Did you? Way, way, way before podcast websites, but didn't the industry wasn't quite mature enough, and I didn't have the knowledge in the industry or the network. So I sat on it and did the, I did the the, the quick win for the industry first, and then it's like. Um, it's like when you, you, you sort of do the, the quick thing for your business first or your low relationship. Low-hanging fruit. I call it low-hanging fruit. You kind of fix the thing that's, um, that's the biggest problem and then you, know, you, you build your network that way. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So that's what I do. And then I, do, I sort of blog about my experience running the tech business and, um, do, as you know, do my podcast. I always give you a shit ton of shout-outs on the podcast because you're my yes. favorite. Um, I so do. It's, yeah, so he does um, Seven Minute Mentor, which I'm, I share. He does um, – uh, free coaching Fridays, which I'm usually on, which is like a half hour. You can ask him anything you want, make fun of his hair, do whatever. It's really good. And, um, and yeah, seven minute mentors every day. And it's right now focused on podcasting, but in the past, it's been about, um, getting out of a shitty business or job situation. It's been about, um, leveling up or getting mentally prepared or getting mentally out of your own way. All things that I need to listen to, frankly, but, uh, not getting out of a shitty job because I've already done that. But, um, you know, all the other things I'm, I'm constantly self sabotaging in some way, shape or form. So it's good. So yeah, it's been really good. And I'm excited about the product. And I guess we can't tell the name of it yet. But you've got to come see it, you guys. It's going to be amazing. I think I told, you know, a long time ago when I met you, I told the story of how I met you. Oh, yeah, we were actually at so randomly, we didn't meet the first time we thought we met. I realized this the other week. We actually met an NMX in 2015. No way. Yeah, really, only super briefly. I was thinking about it the other day, really super briefly. But that was... That was before. Who introduced pod- us? It was. I, I honestly can't remember, but it was. It was around the. Can you remember NMX uh, the, 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 when they co-hosted with NAB? It was that little. It yeah. was like a little dodgy expo area. Yeah, it was shit, yeah. and we were. <laughs> it was so terrible. We were in that little area where they were doing the recordings and the um, the kind of all the expo hall was. It was in there. I remember vividly, um, Do but you? I didn't realize it was you. And you know, I must have stuff. made quite an impression, Mister Asquith. No, I forgot for two years. <laughs> Honestly. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, the chicken bus was fun. 
Yeah, I don't remember chickens, Fuck. but yeah, just very briefly, Ramona. So MapCon, which is Mid Atlantic Podcast Conference, is here again, half hour from my house in Swedesboro, New Jersey, of all places. And um, Ramona somehow convinced Mark to come from the UK for this event, which he did by flying into New York or Philly. I don't remember, but either way, he somehow ended up in Center City, Philadelphia, and someone advised, or no, it was New York, and someone advised him unkindly to take a bus because I guess they thought Mark had no cash whatsoever and couldn't afford a $100 Amtrak ticket. But regardless, um, he took a bus, the one that was recommended to him, which was not that there's anything wrong with it, a bus full of Chinese people right out of Chinatown. It goes from Chinatown, New York to Chinatown, Philadelphia, both places. I mean, again, I love Chinatown in both places, but to be the only Brit on a bus full of Chinese people with, I think, did you say the restroom was broken? And oh, like, no. then the bus broke down for two hours. So I was sitting yeah. waiting for him for just a little bit, but like, oh my God, his face when he got off the bus. And the first thing I said to you, do you remember? No. I said, what's the matter? You can't afford a fucking train ticket? <laughs> That's how we oh, met. Yeah. I'm like, you can't afford a train ticket. He's wearing pink shorts, by the way. He was wearing pink. Yeah. Anyway, it was hilarious. So, like, actually, while we were texting, I was like, do you need water? Can I get you anything? I felt so bad for this guy. And so, yeah, so we had a very lovely chat on the way there. And then I'm sure you went and showered the whole bus off uh, before the event. But, yeah, what was with the chickens? I don't remember that. There was just chickens on it. So the bus broke down and then the chickens came on and I was like, why are the chickens here? They can't fix the bus. So they got off and we all got onto a different bus and the bus was then full of two lots of people, but only one lot of chickens and it all got was really Was there really awkward. chickens? Yeah, yeah. There was like two chickens on the bus. I was like, why? There are a couple of questions I had with that. Like, number one, who do they belong to? Number two. I was just going to ask you that actually. I don't know. They belong to obviously to a person. And then the second question that I was, wait a minute, I've at least paid for my seat. Like, these motherfuckers get this shit for free. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know what the deal is with this. So I still don't know about these chickens. Uh, the only thing that I will say is don't do it. The thing that you didn't see. Don't do see, it. A bolt bus, mega bus, anything else but a Chinatown bus. It just makes no sense. No, that was the bolt bus. That was it. No way. You got Honestly. off of a bus. You're telling me that a bolt bus with Wi-Fi had chickens yeah. on it? That was the bolt bus. That's where I booked it from. Yeah, but so the funny thing that you didn't see is I saw a friend, Jackie, before... I um before I got on the bus, we went out, got a bit of lunch in Brooklyn, and then end, I ended up down at Williamsburg, and she had to get off to work. So I was like, well, it's fine. I know I can get down to Chinatown. I just got one of those little blue bikes. So I got on a blue bike, and this is in like 100-degree heat, and then proceeded to get on a 120-degree bus with chickens. So I was just a mess by the time I got to Philly. But... When I, got I can't to believe Swedesburg. that was a bolt bus. I've taken the bolt bus many times. It's never had chickens oh, or yeah. a broken restroom or broken down, but it's not the most pleasant experience. I have had a woman talking very loudly in French the entire two hours, I guess assuming that A, no one spoke French, and B, no one could hear her because it was French. I don't know. It was so rude. It was I incredible. don't know. I think, like, I don't know what the score is with a bolt bus. Like, I don't think a chicken's a feature that they've got a, a, on, on their website, like chickens allowed, but... At the same time, you know, that driver was quite chicken agnostic. So I don't know what was going on. Oh, my God. The chicken thing is hilarious. I forgot all about the chickens. That's really funny. Anyway, so a friendship was born, guys. Um, it was really fun. Um, that first couple of map cons. Anyway, anyway. <clears throat> so um, Elsie is hilariously texting me. Here's what you should talk about with Mark as we're fucking recording. She's so so 
Okay, this is really good, actually. It's hilarious that she's doing it as we're recording, but here we go. Um, Have a convo about all the things necessary or best practices for going to conferences, running booths. He's really good at networking and making relationships and getting himself out there and meeting with folks and all that stuff. Does he have tips for the rest of us? Because as women, we lack skill, confidence to talk ourselves up and pitch ourselves. Maybe you can offer some insight. And then she writes, not insight as a woman, but insight as someone who does it. Oh, I can't. I, I, I mean, I can't really give you insight as a woman. Um, no, you can't. That's been a while. Um, <laughs> so you know, I've forgotten all. I've forgotten that. <laughs> it's been way too long for you to remember. I know. Um, it really has. But that actually, since we are still sort of on the topic of conferences, although we've strayed a little, you are really good at. Well, actually, the skill I admire the most is the ability to network with people and have them not have any idea how you really feel about them. But let's go backwards one and just do like you do exude this like I mean, I know the term, but I I don't think I should say it on the show. But you exude this ability to just befriend everyone and make them feel like you really care about them and that you're really excited to meet them and stuff like that. And also, you're not afraid to pitch everything to everyone. So how – what kind of advice do you do you have for people who – I mean, you know, our this particular conference is full of introverts. And I know you're a little bit like that, but how do you get past it? Well, I'm, I'm the world's biggest introvert. This is the thing that no one really gets is that I'm the world's biggest introvert. Um, like I would much rather all of the parties – bear in mind I'm usually there with severe jet lag. I would That's true. much rather be just chilling in my hotel room with a pizza and a beer and watching just – crap on netflix like that I'm, I, and i don't Same. i don't like breaking into conversations i don't like going up to you know but but it's a funny thing i've kind of got a bit of an advantage being an english person in the u.s at conferences helps massively because you've instantly got a um you've got an icebreaker from day one if you walk up like you instantly become obi-wan kenobi when you walk up to somebody like hello there and they're just like oh hello and then instantly you've got this it's just you're in like the worst case is someone says oh you're english Mm-hmm. Like that is the, that is <laughs> that is the worst. Actually, the worst case is like, how's Australia? How's New Zealand? How's South oh, Africa? For I'm like, sake. I've not, I have no idea. I've never been to either of them, but I appreciate that. How's Lithuania? And they're like, oh what do God. you mean? Actually, so, being friends with you, my British accent has gotten much more on point. I'm not going to lie. And mine's got worse being friends with you. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> like, oh my God, what is this thing here? Like that is, is that my how I talk impression. To you? It's not That's how you the... talk to me. It's how you talk with me. So is that how I? T- no. No, it's Do not. I sound like that, John? John, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you see, all right, shut up, both of you. That's what my father used to say to us at the <clears throat> dinner table. Shut up, both of you. All right, um, all right, yeah. So, actually, I do want to kind of talk about this term because I brought it up to talk about with Elsie, but it's probably better to talk about with the two of you because it's more um, appropriate. Do either of you know what the I heard new learned a new slang term this week called BDE? What is that? I have no idea. Do you idea. know what it is, John? I'm afraid to ask. Are you ready? Yes. It's called Big Dick Energy. <laughs> I've never heard of that. And I have never had that energy. Big <laughs> nor Dick the, Energy. Nor the source of the now, energy. Now, see, I disagree, actually. I do think you have it. You don't necessarily have to have a big dick or a dick at all. It's simply about a feeling of... I got this. I've got this taken care of. Like, we're cool here. Like, so, not all men have big dick energy. And some women, I think, I mean, certain chicks, I think, have like a, 
we're cool kind of thing. Um, and I actually wanted to bring it up because I think it's the kind of thing you should have at a conference. You should be relaxed, confident, but not so enthusiastic and overzealous that you're annoying. Not so positive that people want to punch you, but like polite, positive, but not going out of your mind. Yeah, Mark has BDE. I think he does. Yeah, he does. Well, this is, you know, from when I met well, him at uh, MapCon. I can't yes. confirm the reality, but yeah, I mean, definitely the... <laughs> I can 100%. This this was like just under average dick energy. This would be perfect, but it's just... <laughs> it, it, I, see, it's a funny thing, because it's kind of like... Uh, um, I mean, I take the compliment, thank you, but I think it's a compliment. I can't compliment. It is, but just your I energy. Think. I just want to yeah, no, be I clear. We're I talking got about that. his energy. I got that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely got that, um, just to be clear, because my mum might be listening to this. Um, she's not, <laughs> she won't. She, she's got her own podcast, which is she doesn't know what podcasting is, dot com. Right. Um, that's right. a different thing. <laughs> uh, so, but I think it's, it's a funny thing, actually, because a lot of people say that to me. So there are two types of people, really, that Do I they? come across. Mm, and not the BDE thing. That's like a, that's like an urban dictionary thing. Yeah. But there are two types of people generally in the world. And it's, it, and when, when it comes to like talking about me and, and other people, you know, like, like some of the friends that we've got and it's some people either classed as, as, as arrogant or confident. And it depends on that person's own reality and how they think of themselves. Um, so for someone that's a little more insecure, they think, well, this guy's arrogant. And for someone that's a little bit more confident, it's just like, well, this guy's confident. Um, which is quite interesting. So when it comes to this whole BDE, which I'm definitely going to use. You have to, dude. It's amazing. It's, it's sort of like, uh, you just don't have to give a shit because here's the, like, here's the deal. That's what it is. It's the not giving a shit. That's it. Yeah, but everyone matters, but at the same time, no one matters. Like, we're at a podcasting conference. Like, we're not neurosurgeons or solving cancer. Even so. we're at a... It wouldn't matter. Exactly, exactly. And, and... We're at a podcast conference and everyone deserves respect and everyone doesn't matter who you are. Like, it really fucking annoys me at these kind of conferences where you see people who think they're kind of above it because they've got X downloads or they've got X revenue. And like some of the, some of our friends who are, you know, quote unquote, big players, they're in the mix, they're talking to people and they're doing the same thing. But then you get certain kind of types of people who don't mingle and they're just, they're just, they believe that they're kind of above it. And the, 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 and it's fucking stupid. We're at a podcasting conference. We're at a podcasting conference. This is a medium that started with people in the pants in the bedroom talking about why Lost was the greatest thing on, on the planet. Like it's, <laughs> let's just completely put this in context. And this is not wanting to demean it because I love the industry, but I want to level it. And that's how I approach it. You know, it's, it's, yeah everyone is the same. Like the person that's just getting into podcasting can be so put off by the person that's been in it 10 years and think they know exactly how podcasting quote unquote should be. Like, what are you talking about, dude? It's just everyone deserves the right to be treated well. And that's how I try and approach it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to everyone at the same level and ultimately as well. Like it's really fucking hard to dislike someone. Like, it's really hard to dislike They someone. have to They've work got... really hard, don't they? But, yeah, but you know, you've... some people, they do a good job. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, there's a percentage. But yeah. what I mean by that is, and the reason I'm saying that is, that for you to walk into a situation, you know, pitch or no pitch, or, um, you know, where you know someone or you don't know someone, to come out of that negatively, you've got to really screw up. You know, you've got to really screw up. The worst case, you just come out of it the same as you went into it. There's no... You, you can't do anything that wrong at a bloody podcasting conference. You just be a respectful person. This is very encouraging. 
it's just about being a nice person. And you know me, I'm like, I'm a little bit brash. I'm a little bit kind of, my jokes are a little bit sometimes too close, but that's why they're good. And, you know, it's, it's, that is why they're good. It's kind of a, you know, you and I think similarly with that stuff. You know, you mm. think of the advice I gave you before you went on stage at the roast at Podfest. Yes, I it did was, mention that on this show as well, I believe. And it still rings true. <laughs> You've just got to know your your people, you know, and these are these are our people. John the thing was is, I, tra- I, I tried to, to do the same thing. I've never been able to get it right. I've never been able to figure out how to call her the C word at an appropriate time. So congratulations, Mark, on doing that. Why, yes. Thank you. Achievement it's, unlocked. I've tried. Charm, I've tried darling. to call her the C word on several occasions. It's never been the right time. British charm. <laughs> This is uh, the thing. You do yeah, you do yeah. get that edge, but you know you just you just gotta when it comes to pitching. Here's the thing as well. I never I never feel like I'm pitching. So what you've got to do, I believe, when you there's a fine line between pitching and going in there and telling your story passionately and tailoring it, even not even on purpose, but just tailoring it to someone else's life. So if someone else comes in, if someone comes into you and like, do you know what? I'm struggling to grow my podcast. Like I'll not pitch podcast websites. I'll not pitch me. I'll not pitch anything. I'll no. just ask. And, just and, talk and to you, people. Yeah, and people. The thing is that you can. That you. This is when you know you've done all right. Is when people start to say, "What's your opinion on this?" or "What's your advice on this?" When you get to people asking you that question, you know that you've got a level of respect. And all you need to do is go in from day one and ask people their opinions, even if they've just started in in the industry. Just say, "What yeah. is your opinion on on X?" Because they'll see it from a different perspective. So I, I think it's a funny industry. I came into this industry as this weird, like I didn't have any preconceptions about this industry. When I first went to podcast movement, I would just went in there. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know the industry. I didn't know what the kind of rights, quote unquote, rights and wrongs of the industry were. So I was able to come in and say, why are you acting like that? It's not your medium, people. You can. It's everyone's medium. So why are you slating people for doing it in their own way? And that's why I've been so almost a little bit too cocky sometimes and just gone in and said, you know what? This is a fucking podcast. It's a, let's be completely clear. You plug in a microphone into a computer, you're recording it, and no one is regulating it. So not why, yet, but yes. Let's just, no, not yet, exactly. But look, we can just be who we want to be. And that, I think that's the key of pitching at conferences or going and being this extroverted person at conferences is that everyone, they've all paid for the ticket to talk to people like you. So just... Yeah. Just go in there and be yourself and don't. Just treat people with respect. That's all you need. This has all been very encouraging. So now I would like to take a moment to discourage people. And here's the thing I would like to say, and you tell me if you agree. When someone has just spoken for 45 minutes on a topic and you are standing in line to speak to them afterwards, that is not the time to tell you them the story and origination of your podcast. Agree or disagree? Agree. There is nothing, and I mean, this does sound obnoxious as fuck. I can hear myself. I know that it sounds obnoxious, but nothing frustrates me more than when there's a line of people that want to ask you about what you just spoke about, and the person in front is like, I was thinking about Batman, and my friend really likes Batman, and then I decided we should have a podcast about Batman, so we got in our basement, and now we have a bat. It's like, what the fuck does this have to do with what I just talked about? So those things are better left for grabbing a business card, email them the story. It's not that I don't want to hear it. I normally think the ideas and originations of podcasts are fascinating, but that is the worst possible time to do it, right? 
Well, how do you work on your, like, in other words, you need to tell, tell them something about you. So I guess you got to work on an elevator pitch. Why? Why do you have to, t- why? Just to, I don't know. Just to get to know them? Well, actually, I'm just going to jump in. I'd take that actually from a different perspective. Like, I agree with the sentimentality of it, but what I'd probably, what I, I kind of just got to add a little bit into that from an empathetic perspective is that the talk that they've just Something heard. I don't re- own. I'm, and I struggle with it. Believe me, I'm like, I don't care. Your kid's ugly. But the um, honestly, and I've got ugly brothers, so I'm fine with saying that. But the um, the the thing is that, that regardless of the talk and, and, and regardless of what they've just heard, that something's got those guys fired up and they're excited ah, about true. it. And the only thing that they've got, because they, they've maybe not got the experience that the talker and the speaker has got, the only thing that they've got to, to relate, relate with yes, is, you're right. I told the story. So I'm I think a as a speaker... God, I'm such no, a bitch. No, no. Yeah, I think you are, but... <laughs> no, I think there's, a, yeah. there's definitely a way you can handle that as a speaker, which is you can, you can certainly say to people, look, I actually really like that story. I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. Do you want to grab a beer in 10 minutes outside? You know, and, and but do I that. don't want to do that at all. Yeah, you do. I don't. See, this is what bothers me about your advice. Actually, it doesn't bother me about your advice, but whatever. It's going to sound like an argument. So like you said, when you go to conferences and you see people that aren't mingling, that aren't at parties, um, that they seem they're above it all. And it actually triggered a memory of my five-year high school reunion when people were saying things to me like, I thought you were such a snob in high school. And I was like, me? You thought I was a snob? I just assumed everyone hated me and didn't want to – not everyone because, I mean, I was mildly popular. But, like, I didn't really go to a lot of parties. I didn't interrupt a lot of conversations. I wasn't trying to be the center of attention. In fact, the opposite. Like, any – like, if I was in theater, I let someone else be – not let, but someone else was the lead. If I was in hockey, someone else shot the goal. Like, I was not into being the center of attention. And I guess other people assumed I was stuck up. That could also have to do with the fact that, like, I'm from a really small town and I was more upper middle class. And so they just put two and two together and assumed that I was quiet and or stuck on myself. But I kind of do run from large parties at these things. Like, I'm there for a half hour and then I will find any reason to stop being there and go sit in the lobby and talk with five people. Like, I'd so much rather be with not just a pizza watching Netflix, but... A perfect example is after that roast. There was a whole party after that roast. And what did I do? I stole away with podcast websites, guys, to go to the this other meetup that was going to be smaller. Because like, the idea of a huge crowd like intimidates me, I guess. So Yeah, I get that. How do you stick one of those things out? Or do you not? Do you just do your small, intimate chit-chat thing the way I've been doing? I don't want people to think I think that I'm better. But I don't also want to engage in a 100-person conversation and scream at the top of my lungs. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of an awkward on that. From the perspective of these things are just gonna happen all the time. And I'm kind of the same as you. It's like the quality versus the quantity. Totally. Of the conversation. But so okay, let's let's kind of dial that back to the attendees. So someone that's attending, uh, you know, if you think about Elsie's question, like how does a how does an introvert make the most of these events? Like let's yeah. let's take it from that okay. perspective. You've got to think about why you've invested the brass in going. So if you've spent four hundred bucks and then a flight and then a hotel fee to go to podcast movement or to go to any other kind of MapCon event or whatever. Anything, really anything. It could, yeah, quite literally anything. You've got to kind of figure out what do you want off the back of this thing. If it's to make as many connections as that you want so that you can blitz them with your business cards and then send a load of those dodgy follow-up emails later, then you stay at the party and you go around figuring out your shit and you throw business cards at people. Hint, it won't work. Well, but It's annoying too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No one wants that. 
But if you think about it really, and I was talking to Amy Woods actually from Content 10X this morning, we had breakfast, and I was talking about it's Amy's first time at Podcast Movement. Okay. And she's an Ignite speaker, and she said to me, look, what should I do? And I said, well, what do you want from this? She said, I want more, want more people for my content repurposing business. I said, well, you've got to be really strategic then about not necessarily who you talk to because everyone deserves your time. Everyone deserves your time a day. And needs that product. Everyone. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. I agree. Yeah, and yeah. and But it's from her side, she's got to pre-validate and pre-qualify. And I'm not saying that everyone's there to sell something, but everyone's there to get something or everyone's there to, to, to receive something. Yeah, to achieve something. So you've got to kind of pre-qualify. From Amy's perspective, it's okay. Are you an independent podcaster? Because if you're not, actually, you've probably got people that are doing this stuff for you already. True. Have you got a little bit of brass to spend, a little bit of cash to invest in this? And if even if not... Do you understand that this thing is beneficial for you? Like if you can yeah. pre-qualify with those. And if you can't, then you, you come out of this pitch mode and you go into listening mode. Because here's the thing that most people screw up. They will go into this and come out of listening mode the second that they feel there's nothing in the conversation for them. What they fail then to understand is that the conversation that can happen after that is where all the opportunities lie. Like someone might say, you know what, actually... I don't use repurpose.io because I like to do it more personally. But I, but I can't really afford a personal service. You 100% know that there's a need there, but there's a, there's a product market fit gap. So mm-hmm. by, you've got to stay turned on till the end of the conversation. And then here's a massive kicker with it. Just have a strategic exit plan for each conversation. So you say to someone, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to write your, tweet, uh, your Twitter handle down on this card. Take a Sharpie. I'm going to write your Twitter handle down on the back of your card. I'm going to drop you a tweet. Let's stay in touch. And that's the way to do it, not a follow-up email. Have some conversation. Keep that conversation going online. And the beautiful thing is you, John, and I, and let's say Elsie, and let's say Ramona and Kieran and all these other people, we can we can have one tweet together. So you, you've got this one-to-many relationship then. And it, it just, that's the way to do it. Not just be like, well, there's nothing in this chat for me, so I'm going. You know? yeah. So you've got, you've got to plan it a little bit. And actually on that tip, when I'm very first starting conversations with people, a lot of times I talk about the opposite of what we're there to talk about, either the temperature in the room, the weather outside, the state of the breakfast that was there this morning. I'll comment to whoever's next to me, actually whoever's in with earshot. I mean, let's be honest, I could make conversation with an empty chair if I had to, but like that is a really good way to make a friend without and and actually it proves you don't care about who they are and what they can serve you because sometimes I've done that and it's been a brand new podcaster who hasn't made a podcast at all and sometimes I've done that and it's been the CEO of Performance Bridge which is the biggest podcast advertising agency and I'm just making normal chit chat with both and seeing what sticks not not with any ulterior motive whatsoever i mean you should have an ulterior motive for the event as a whole but your conversations should simply i think be to have a conversation to meet people and then if it doesn't work out i mean you really never know how it's going to work out or not unless they're coming after you specifically which happens to me more than it used to then i know that i'm helping them work something out for themselves but like for the most part, when it's me in a session or in the lobby and someone's there and I don't know who they are, I leave any expectation or fulfillment goals like kind of in my pocket. 
Yeah, and, and it's a, an example that I give of that is I was in New York in 2016. I was there for like 12 hours randomly, and I, I ended up in a bar in um, down in Chelsea, near where we were when, last time we were there, actually down near Jane Street. And we're down there, this little cobbled street, and there's no one in this bar, like like three people and then us. And we were there as, a, as part of a tech startup visit out there. So we went out there, sat in this bar, and you're like, you, I'm the same as you, I'm, you know me, I, I, and there's, just, there's one guy at the bar, so I sidle and I'm getting served next to this guy as opposed to miles away where I could right, have got right. served. And I'm like, he, he said something, I made a little joke and he, you know, we got along, we had a little laugh and um, didn't think anything else of it. Came back to talk to him later, bought him a drink, blah, blah. He asked what I did, told him, I asked what he did. He's like, oh, I just sold Zynga to EA Sports for 40 Oh million. my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, then well, fair oh enough, God, that's good. That's hilarious. But then it, this is the beauty. There was no strategy. There was no. It was just right. having the willingness to say something, anything. Just have a little quip, a little. And you can get so much out that, like, the amount of free stuff that I get just by being nice is insane. Like, I get free KFCs. You're not that. I get nice, also. Yeah. I get like. I've had clothes for free because I've said to the person behind the counter, any chance you can just give me it for free, and literally they have done. And that is not a lie. That is a genuine I... truth. I think I have to tell you something. I'm not sure that was because you were nice. No, it is. It is. I think no. I'm with Jess on this one. I think it, it an, might be because they liked you. Yeah. No, it didn't. It was like it was like an. Isn't it funny how the pretty mom. people don't understand that how they? That doesn't matter. Isn't it that funny? Doesn't matter. No, that's not true. It's about the banter. No, it's not. Yeah, you think Always. that if you're getting not. free clothes because right. you asked for free clothes, it is not because you're nice. Any We're asshole. We're gonna test it. We are going to, first of all, what does that mean? We're going to test it. That I'm well, not Kieran's pretty enough ugly. to get free shit? Okay, good. No, it's just Kieran's ugly. We'll yeah, test it on Kieran. If you're listening, said. Kieran, I don't really think you're ugly. I do a little bit. He's not ugly, but, but I do think, it doesn't matter if she's old enough to be your mom. I think she just wanted to give you a free t-shirt. It happens all the time, honestly. You've just got to ask. I believe it. You know what? I have to call bullshit on this because I have a feeling that when you walk up yes. and do this, you get a free T-shirt. When I walk up and do this, I come out in handcuffs. Yes. I just don't really believe this, to be honest with you. And I just think you're delusional. I have to call you on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, maybe. You know, this is maybe. This is maybe. That's but so we should adorable. definitely test Hold it. Hold on. I just want to give him such a big hug right now. I wish I could because that's so cute that you're like, all you no have to do way. is be nice and you'll get a free T-shirt. It's true. Honestly. Oh my Try God, it. one of my favorite things about him is he truly has no idea. When I go to Podcast Movement, I'm going to find uh, someone to give me a free t-shirt, and let's see if that happens. There's been so well, many times. you can come times. to our booth, we'll it give you one. It doesn't count oh, if they're giving man. them to everybody. There's been oh. so many times that I'm like, that person has a crush on you, and he's like, no, they don't. What are you talking You really, it's the most adorable thing. You're so clueless. I love that. I love that. No, it's totally because they think you're adorable. No way. I once got a free KFC just because I told the guy that he was doing well on his first day. Was he gay? He didn't fancy me. No, he wasn't gay. I don't know if he was gay. I mean, I didn't ask him. Who would risk their first day of work on a compliment unless they were, you know, flirting with you? Someone that doesn't give a shit about the second day of work. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess you're right. That is so funny. All right. Well, I mean... The bottom line is be yourself, be relaxed, have a little BDE and don't, you know, try and make the goal of your visit there an overall goal, not an individual conversation goal. And I think it'll work out really well. We're both excited to see you come visit us both at our booth. We're going to have a booth right next to Libsyn. So you can come see us right at the monetization. I think it's right in front of the monetization track. Mark's going to be at the Midway. 
and uh, he's going to be introducing something extremely exciting. So we are really excited. I think now we've talked for 45 minutes. We should get into some friggin' news. Da, da, da. The news you can use for the informed podcast. That's my British. Podcasting news. That's part British, part Tom, uh, Tom Koppel. What's his oh, name? Oh, oh. Which part was British? Podcasting news. It's British. A little Oh, was it? I think well, he went with Tom Brokaw and what was the other Broca, guy? Brokaw, Brokaw. You're right. I screwed it up. Tom Brokaw, podcasting news. It's a little British and a little Tom Koppel. No, Brokaw. Who's Koppel? Ted Koppel. Ted Koppel. Never mind. Oh, Tom okay. Brokaw. I don't know what is happening here. What's sorry, going on sorry, here? sorry, 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 sorry. They're Never. U.S. news readers. Before, oh. before we get into the news, should we hear a tip from Dan? Danny? We can do that. Here we go. EmeraldCityPro.com. Let's hear it. In my last two tips, I'm going to give you a list of things that I do before every interview that I record. Before you book the interview, do your research, even if you only read their about page on their website. Book the interview using a scheduling app or site. I use Schedule Once. Make it easy on the guest by not going back and forth through email. A week before the interview, send an email that includes number one, potential interview questions. This allows them to prepare and feel comfortable. Number two, send the meeting URL. Confirm date and time. Number three, tell them how to turn off notifications on a computer. Number four, if they don't have headphones and a podcast microphone, ask them to use earbuds that have a microphone. Number five, ask them to wear an outfit that isn't noisy and also warn them about noise in the room, noises with paper or things on their desk. Number six, ask them to reset their Wi-Fi router before the interview. You should do this also. It improves bandwidth. And number seven, explain how the recording will happen. What service will you use? Is it Skype, Zoom, Zencaster, Squadcast, Double Ender? Give them a step-by-step explanation. Hey, what's going on? This is Katie Kremitzos, and I am the host of the Biz Women Rock podcast. I want to tell you a little bit about why I chose to hire Danny Osmond at Emerald City Productions a little over a year and a half ago. I had been hustling and doing my own production of my show for three years already. I had it down to a science. I did it pretty efficiently. And even though Danny came to the table with immense amount of credentials, like the dude knows audio production. He does it so well. He's done it in so many different industries. But that's not what sold me on him. What sold me was the time that they would buy me in my business. Because I got to this point where I realized that even though I had streamlined my own production system, I was still spending time doing something that was not my zone of genius. So I made the decision to give it over to Danny. And guess what? I easily bought back two hours of my time a week, which I, of course, turned around and dedicated to growing my business, doing the things that I actually am here to do, which turned out great because in 2017, my business tripled from the prior year. And a lot of that is due to the fact that I finally outsourced the things that I might have been really great at, but weren't what I was supposed to be working on in my business. Thanks to Danny and the team at Emerald City Productions for taking care of and giving great quality to the content that I'm putting out there for my community and giving my time back so that I could spend that strategically growing my business and servicing my community members. Okay, let's talk about some news. Billboard. The Billboard, as in Billboard Top 100 Music, has made an adjustment 
to streaming services that will now count towards chart calculations. So streams that are being logged by Our Heart Radio and Pandora will be included in chart performance beginning July 14th. The change includes streams from both full on-demand subscriptions and the middle tier subscriptions, which is pretty exciting because... Well, first of all, I have no idea how Billboard was charting it in the past. I'm assuming just radio and ratings or requests. I have no idea. But but I think it's interesting and kind of exciting that they're going to start using podcast services to determine what the most popular songs are in the United States. I thought that was kind of exciting. It says... Um, July 14th chart will be the first to reflect the announced shift to give more weight to paid streams. The UK charts just shared plans to make a similar change starting July 6th. What do you think about that? It's kind of curious. It's kind of the the, um, the way of the world, isn't it? I remember the, the, the um, was it Spotify or it was someone recently, the way that the official UK chart was done mm-hmm. was changed after the old Ed Sheeran thing which was, you know, his entire album was in like the top 10 or something crazy like that. Yeah, And they yeah. changed, you know, it was, it was a really weird way of doing it. But I think, you know, if you look back at the way that the whole downloads, MP3 downloads, you know, purchasing on iTunes, you know, how that changed the industry. And so I think we're just in the middle of a, a new shift that you can't quite see. You know, you just can't, because we're in it and we're experiencing it, you just can't quite see it. But I think, I do think we'll look upon the last two years and the next two years, you know, that four-year period as a really pivotal change point and a, and a bit of a pinch point for not only how broadcast is measured and how popularity is measured, but also, you know, you know we spoke about it before, but how advertising is done and how that's measured. Um, so it's not a surprise. I, I don't see no, it as a surprise. No, I think it's exciting. It's, it's, it's super cool. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. I'm curious about that whole middle tier thing as well. And I, I'm not familiar with Billboard. Like, so do they have a free tier as well? No, they mean iHeart and Pandora middle tier. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So do, do they? And do they I'm, have free tiers as well that don't count? Then how's, how does that? Pandora, I have for free, and iHeart, I have for free. I pay for Spotify, but that's not what they're including. But like, yeah. it's kind of interesting that they're only counting the people that pay for the service because, yeah, everyone uses it. What, wouldn't they chart everything? I don't know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. I don't know. How, I mean, obviously, they, they'll know a little bit more about it, just a touch. But uh, you, you, it's a funny one because. If they're making the revenue off the ads, it's not a revenue thing, isn't it? It's not like it's, well, you know, we're not counting this because right. we're not making revenue off it. it. That makes no difference if the goal is to chart. But is it is it the exchange of revenue for the play of the song that they're trying to, that deems the popularity? Because you think about it in the, the olden days, you go and buy a CD or an LP or a record and you had to transact to get that. Spotify, and that's when it went into, I don't, don't have know. those subscriptions. Spotify, I pay because it allows me, with free, you can't download the songs and listen to them later. Um, right. I I think you can make your own playlists, but again, you can download them. There's just a little bit more access as far as all the channels, organization, being able to have the content yourself rather than relying on Wi-Fi for it. So I'm assuming iHeart's the same way, or maybe they. I would even think iHeart and Pandora. I think they both are in development or already have premium content that they offer mm-hmm. that you can't get without paying as well. Spotify's on their way to doing that. Well, they do the Amy Schumer show now, which is... That came out last week, didn't it? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it did, actually. Um, and I was, I, that was actually a news item, but I didn't put it on because I haven't listened to it yet, so... Here's the funny thing. It's like right now, as far as music, you have Apple, you have Amazon Music, you have Spotify, you have Pandora, you have all these places that you can Audible. buy music. Yeah, Audible, yeah. you have all That's these places really you music, can... not really music, but yeah. Right, Amazon. You can buy, buy this stuff. So whoever, it depends on where you are getting your music. I use Apple Music, you use Spotify. 
So what happens is they're just taking one tier, one section of the population. Are they really getting good numbers? Well, here's the thing. If they were to take the free numbers, I mean, think about all the, the – the thing is in my head, I was just thinking that. But I was like, you know, the premium tiers are the ones they can trust because you know someone, a person has paid for it and is consciously listening to it as opposed to free tiers, which any schmuck can have a thousand of them and game the system kind of. You can't – do. you wouldn't do that if you had a $10 a month subscription. Yeah, but if you if you've got enough revenue to 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 um, release something that you are looking to influence, then you can afford fifty lots of ten bucks, can't you? Yeah, it's a funny one. That's that, true. It's a really good. It's a really good point because that's what kind of what I was getting at, John, with the fact that if the only true measurement of the popularity of a song or whatever is in its transacted audio, insofar as here's something that I've paid for, thus I'm listening to. It's, that's not the way of the world anymore. You know, we're we're it's paying true. with different things. We're paying with our attention, which is if an ad, if I don't care about downloading and I'm willing to listen to an ad, I'm I'm actually transacting with my time and my attention. So it's true. just a, it's, it's still kind of been measured in the old way because the popularity of a song might be, there might be ten thousand kids in one little You're village right, who don't pay just, for it, right? That love because they can't afford Michael it. Michael Jackson, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Exactly, that's a really it's good really point. interesting. That is really interesting. That's a good point. Because you have this other thing up here about the Radio Public app, where they're trying, Radio Public is trying to get you to use their app and listen to all your podcasts. They're trying to train you how to listen to podcasts by just using their app because they make it easy. You know, I don't really know about this podcast. They think, well, download our app. We'll suggest these podcasts to you. We'll tell you what to listen to. We'll tell you how to do this. And then, you know, just the way old people finally came to Facebook because it it was easier for them to use. And now they're there. They're never leaving. You know, no matter what, they're there. So now you can market to that. But the thing with the Radio Public app, I downloaded it today and, you know, it says, oh, you can go and import your your playlist from your other app. So I tried that. It crashed four times. (laughs) And, you know, so now I'm an old guy. I'm like, delete. I mean, if you don't have something that works and you put it out there and somebody tries to use it and it doesn't work, you're done. You get one shot, one shot to make an impression like that. But I, I like the idea that people are trying to train the public how to listen to podcasts. I just like that they're including digital streaming into it, which is like seems like it should have been happening for like years already. But anyway, um, okay, next event. Instagram now lets you do a four-way group chat as you're browsing Instagram. So they're calling it Instagram. This is an article from TechCrunch that says Instagram's latest assault on Snapchat, FaceTime, and House Party launched uh, today, which was uh, I think yesterday. It's actually rolling out to everyone where you can group chat through something called Instagram Direct. And then now with the feed stories, messaging live and IGTV, they're hoping to become a one-stop shop for the social needs. So you don't have to do Facebook calling. You don't have to do YouTube videos. They are trying to be like everything to everyone. I don't know. Kind of feel like that's not going to go well. And in fact, I can just comment on IGTV that I saw it the first day and I've not looked since. Anyone with me? It annoys I actually me. like it. It annoys me. I, mm. See, there we go. So go on, John. Carry on. She doesn't like <laughs> it. She hasn't used it. I annoys me, and you love it. So, again, yes. I think because what happens is the thing that bothers me is I know it's there, but what ha- as soon as I come on, it, it lights up the top bar. And actually, John's offended me. by its over eagerness. Yeah. So, and, and then all of a sudden, you, t- you type, you <laughs> hit it, and then it, it just bombards you with everything. So I just would like to be able to have you know, a subscription That's there. It's the same new. way I have a feed, I have an IGTV feed. It might come. I don't know. But right Why now, do you it's like kind it, of a Mark? 
I think it will do that, actually, John. I think this is just back to the radio public thing. I think that's just education. If, you, if you're thinking about building tech, one of the biggest issues is always onboarding people. Mm-hmm. This is all this is. It's like, here's how you open a door. You know, we, we, as mum and dad had to tell us how to open the door, otherwise we're banging our head. So this is all it is. And then suddenly mum and dad aren't there and we're, we're all right with doors. You know, that's the scenario. Um, Makes sense. But it, it's, it's interesting because... I actually quite like it. I actually did Why do you on, like on it, Inst- though? I mean, how can you so, watch these things and not watch YouTube or listen to podcasts? I mean, they're just as time-consuming as everything else. They are. <clears throat> There's a couple of things. I actually put this on my, sna- uh, on my uh, Instagram story, ironically, like an hour before this show. Oh, my God. I um, just didn't see. Really randomly. So I'm, I'm looking at this from two sides. I'm looking at it from the tech owner side. That's true. And also the consumer side. So from a tech owner side, it's a genius play because the only if you think about Facebook's business model, they just want to increase their mobile ad revenue. Simple. The only way to do that is to increase time on engagement, and the only way to increase time on engagement is to have more stuff that you can engage with. So keeping, if you think about now, like what are the four quickest ways to get hold of people? Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, text message or iMessage, and Instagram. They're the quickest ways, and Facebook owns three of them. So it's an ecosystem play. That's all this is. It's, and it's great because they'll keep the people who want to use that in this app. And the cool thing is that I can be browsing, I can be browsing, I can be browsing. I'll get a message from Jess and I quickly reply and then I'm back to browsing. And then I'll get, you know, I'll, what's Chris Brogan doing? Maybe I'm just tired and I'm watching my tea. So, sorry, I'm having my dinner. So what I'll do is instead of going like this and using my hand to swipe, I'll just quickly click the IG but the TV button, prop it against the mm. cup on the on the table and I watch that for five minutes, eat my dinner and I'm back to swiping. So it's quite a, from a tech play, it's an ecosystem thing, which I think is really interesting. From a consumer perspective, it's annoying as shit. And <laughs> the funny thing about it is that I'm the same. Like I don't watch YouTube. I don't listen to podcasts that much because I'm more of a, like a true on demand. Like if I need to know something or if I want entertainment, I will get it at that time. I'm not really a browser, but Instagram the feed on Instagram, holy shit, that's like crack. You just like on. It's that actually thing, you true. It's a lot it. more engaging than Facebook, yeah. so maybe it will work. I don't know. I have not made a video of it yet, and I like Instagram Stories because I don't have to do video. I can just post my little thoughts up there in text. You can't really do that well, on Inst- IGTV. So that's the difference. Yeah, is is that um, IGTV? You can't actually record directly from the Instagram app at this point. I don't think. Oh, what you're right. You have to. You got to produce the video. Now I think that's quite it. interesting. Because I think, so think about as a podcaster, I did a bit of a session on this on, ironically, IGTV, where if you think about a, a podcaster looking to build their ecosystem and looking to build their brand and become more of an influencer, your, your job is to create as much micro content that keeps people in that ecosystem as long as possible. So if you think about the Edison research, 111 minutes per day per US podcast listener spent on spoken word audio, if you think wider than that, you know, your goal as a brand is to keep people in your ecosystem. Like, why would I send someone, if I'm Bosch, I don't want to send them over to another brand. I want to keep them on the Bosch ecosystem. So I'll send them to, listen, guys, this is an episode of She Podcasts. If you want behind the scenes on this, head over to IGTV. So it's complimentary content. But instead of listening to XYZ podcast, they're still in the ecosystem. So I think that's a strong play for content creators and for media people and for brands. But I think... As a user, it's really about like what's your preference, and I think this is another thing that's interesting. Is that Instagram are think about your preferences as a viewer. You're either into short form content, quick swipe content, memes, cats, funny stuff, long form educational content, or your messaging. Well, Instagram's got variations of each one of those now. 
So it's the ability to draw the audience in. I might only use it for swiping and looking at cat memes. You know, I mean, they're hilarious. <laughs> right. But, they are hilarious. So it's an interesting play. Well, it's funny. Th- here's the thing. I'm a grumpy old guy. All right. And here's my problem with Instagram TV is it's vertical. And I don't like vertical video. Oy. If I could Oy. turn it, if I could make it go horizontal and have a horizontal on it, I think I'd be more receptive to it. Oi, oi, oi. They'll do that. That's an eventuality. They'll yeah. do that. But right now, that's what I'm saying. It's it's kind of it, the vertical. Even if I tried to produce something like that, the vertical video, I don't think you can get enough in that vertical video to be entertaining. Not maybe entertaining, but not <clears throat> educational. I don't know that. Yeah. How did you feel when widescreen TVs came in when it went from square to rectangular? I loved them. I was the first one. I was like, this is fantastic. I, I have to move my neck to watch TV. This is great. <laughs> I can actually look around. It's Yeah, I, I was one that loved that. I embraced that. But I don't know why the vertical video. I didn't like, um, what was it, Periscope when it came out because that was vertical. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple other things. I, I kind of like that, be able to turn it. That's just me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it feels more constrained, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It feels it like do- you're in a box. It does, but I, I'm interested to see how people use it um, creatively. So it's something to watch. I think that even though they're owned by the same company, Instagram has BDE, but Facebook does not. Facebook's definitely the um, – what's the best way to phrase more this? More eager is, of the more, two companies. Less relaxed. You know what? I think Facebook is – yeah, Facebook has become like your rich uncle. You know, he walks in and he throws his murk around and he's got, you know, he's like, he's the guy that walks in and he's got all the presents for you at Christmas. And you're like, this is a cool guy. And, you know, he brings all the stuff and he's got all the power and he's got I all the shit. I don't see it that way. I, I, I should think- probably, but I actually have a rich uncle and I also don't see him that way. So that would make sense. Yeah, maybe that's a bad analogy <laughs> then. But I think it's just But it's no, the more- I see Facebook as more pushy, more in your face, more do what I tell you to do. And I see Instagram as more look at this if you want to. Isn't this pretty? I'm having fun. Everything is wonderful. And even if it's not, I mean, like even if it's something negative, it's. I just feel like it's more like – it's a hammock as opposed to a water slide. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's that that authoritative nature as well is that and this is why I think Facebook's acquisition processes were quite interesting is that I think they understood that they were losing a lot of the younger market and acquiring something like Instagram which yeah. is purely now a Snapchat competitor. Yep. I think it was a very shrewd move and I, you know if you think it's it, not like really you said, a competitor John, you know, it's kind of eating their lunch. They're they're dead. Yeah. Snapchat. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, it's good. Um, I, I think would Facebook acquire Snapchat just to to take them out of the market? Is there any play in that? Probably not. But if you think about no. that battle, you know, this is a Meerkat and Periscope thing just on a great, much bigger scale. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting landscape because they've got the young teens right through to my great auntie at 80 covered now, which I think is super. As Facebook, the, the business, I think is interesting. Um, okay. This week was VidCon. Or last week, I guess, because this was announced on Sunday. VidCon is the big video conference, which is what it stands for. Co-founder Hank Green made a big announcement this year. He has decided to gift $2,000 a week to an emerging creator in hopes of furthering their artistic growth. So he's not going to give one creator $2,000. He's going to give 52 creators $2,000. And so we have the link where you can apply. Winners are going to be selected by a committee comprising 
um, of Hank and the VidCon production team. 52 grants will be distributed starting this month for a grand total of $104,000. Recipients have to live in the U.S. They can use the money any way they see fit, whether it's equipment rental or taking time off work to focus on content creation. Winners receive a ticket to VidCon for next year. I think that's really nice. How far will – I mean $2,000 will buy you a super nice camera and some equipment on the side – I don't know if it would take it off work. Uh, what's that, a week? Best if you have a decent job. I mean, I'm assuming it's for younger people, I guess. But like $2,000 is not – I don't feel like it's life-changing. But maybe it is for video people who are just trying to start. What do you guys think? I think it's a great fate to find a good – it's like American Idol for video. They give yes. them a little yes. bit of money. They hook a, a good start that they would have never found in the, normally. And then they can take that and then make it a show. Speaking of that, Audible announced yesterday that they're going to be accepting pitches for original content at Podcast Movement. And I, you can apply. There's a post in, in the PM group where you can apply to pitch Audible. And I started to fill it out before I read the small print, which was, if we use your show, uh, you will sign away your rights and get $1,000. Like, uh, no. This is the funny thing, isn't it, with, with all that stuff? You know, it's this whole... Look at my brilliant idea for $1,000. Fuck you. People are treating <laughs> podcasting like they can treat... And this is... So the funny thing is, I talked about it earlier, you come into podcasting, you know, I came in four or five years ago, maybe, and and there were, there were, there were two types of people. There were the kind of... The people doing it because they loved it and shaking it up, and then the people telling you how it should be done. Like, they're the guys that say, well, you know, you kind of... Stan Lee signed all his rates rights away, and... Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster signed all that, their rights away to Superman and all that kind of shit. And you're like, yeah, but it's not 1923, is it? And it's not 1938. And we don't have to do this shit anymore. And this is where I think it's quite an interesting space. And just you and I have spoken about this whole indie space in podcasting. Quite literally, the brands are bricking it and trying to get in because they don't fucking understand it. So they're trying to get in at the top level. Mm-hmm. And then you've got new starters starting at the bottom level. Like the podcasting belongs to the middle 85%. Yeah. The top level, those guys are, they're like, what do we do? We can't, we don't understand why. We can't track it. We can't measure it. Oh no. How will we tell our advertisers their ROI? Exactly. And the people who are just starting or the people who are at the bottom or who have terrible content are trying to be the t- – what's hilarious is they're always trying to be the top. That's it. That's really <laughs> interesting because – and if you look at someone that comes in and someone like Aaron Mankey, yeah, I know he's done really well for himself when he has. But this guy was an author. He was a struggling author. He thought, okay, I'm going to record my show and he's done so well off it. And the, this is the, the dangerous thing for a lot of brands in podcasting is that you come in with like VBDE – and try and VBDE, very big dick, dick energy. energy, yeah. And try and come <laughs> in with the brand and say, "Well, we're Audible. We can do this." And say, you know, and 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 almost. I'm not saying it's an arrogant play, but it's a lack of understanding of the industry. Yeah. Because what they're doing is they're equating a podcaster who's creating original content and they're having this amazing idea to what a struggling author used to do. Or to what a struggling filmmaker would do, which is this is my livelihood. This is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to for the first break. Yeah, I'll sign I'm not my giving them my genius idea. Yeah, I've been working on it eight years. Don't think like that. Fuck that. Exactly. Yeah, we don't think like that. The, the, as me as a podcaster, when I got into this and all, I realized that I don't need anybody. I can do this all myself. Yes. I put stuff out. Mm-hmm. I don't need anyone. I can put my show and you out. Don't I don't want make anyone it. right telling right, you. What I to don't. Do. Don't tell me what to do. I'll put this out. If you like it and you enjoy it, you listen to it. If you don't, there's 500,000 more of them out there you can listen to. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. We don't need the big guys. We don't. We, you know, we don't need it. Yeah. 
So we don't need it, but if you want it, there it is. And then also, Radio Public is giving us all, as in the general public, an opportunity to invest. Um, they have, I think, a Kickstarter. And the minimum investment is $50. Maximum is 107000 And you can choose your level of what you're going to get. $50 gets you a hearty thank you and an appreciation. Plus, you can nominate your favorite podcast to be shouted out in the Radio Public Newsletter. 50000 will get you a discussion about podcasting at the literal birthplace of podcasts, which is the table where Dave Weiner and Chris Lydon invented the first podcast. You can nominate your feature and your choice of any as previous perks, which is like flying to Boston to meet the founding team or a 15 minute guitar lesson, an interview with the. Co- I mean, okay. Does anybody feel like it's just the place where you just go to set money on fire? Or is it not? <laughs> I don't really. Totally don't get it. Why that. would I I'm want any of this, these things? Radio Public is free. I get that. I understand why they're trying to get people to invest in it. And it's nice that they've raised, they've raised like $71,000. Uh, out of a 25k minimum goal, they're giving equity away. Sorry, I think so. Yeah, yeah, they're giving equity. Yeah, minimum funding goal is the minimum. This oh no, that's this is for no. Yes, I believe it's the right to. Unfortunately, I posted the link to the actual place to invest, not the article. Wait, okay, so it says Radio Public's go-to market strategy is B2B2C. We provide podcasters and their web visitors a frictionless on-ramp between podcast discovery and listening via universal web links and embed players. Publishers are incentivized to drive audiences to Radio Public to gain greater listener insights, engagement, and revenue. So I guess the investors represent a synergistic network of institutional, strategic, mission, and angel invest. I don't know. I mean – I just know you can invest for fifty dollars, and I guess you get like a share. A share. Why would you? So, so let me let me just ask: like, why are they seeking investment? Because uh, it's free, and they don't make money any other way. Well, that just proves the fact that <laughs> they don't understand podcasting. Ergo, why would you invest in it? Like, this is the thing which is really like frustrating in podcasting. Everyone's like, right, we need to create this Netflix of podcasting. No, you don't. That's radio dipshit. Yeah, like, that's right. the deal. <laughs> right. It's, and I saw this um, Scout FM, which looked really interesting there, where it's curated radio, uh, curated podcast stations in your car. And I was like, but that's kind of radio. Yep. It's kind of radio. You know, and I get this idea of the Netflix of podcasting, but no one is, is willing to pay for audio. And it's John, uh, John, like what you were saying around this education, like we have got another five years minimum of education, minimum of education. Mm-hmm. And that's been super optimistic. I'm going to be an old lady by the time this shit gets around to being normal. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's going to be within the next six months, Jess. Ew, uh, rude. <laughs> rude. Um, that's for the BDE. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that was BDE. The last convo is about Roseanne's. So Roseanne was featured on Rabbi Shmuley Boteach's podcast to discuss the, uh, as John would call it, dumpster fire that is now her career. I found it interesting to note on this podcast because this is episode one of the Rabbi Shmuley Boteach podcast. It is not in iTunes. It is only in SoundCloud. It is a half hour. I 
am wondering now if he had any designs on even having a podcast or did he simply do this because she was willing to talk to him about it and he's quasi famous. She's obviously famous. I mean, when you, when you type in his name in iTunes, it comes up as him being interviewed about a bunch of different things, a bunch of famous people, but I kind of feel like he made up a podcast so that she would talk to him about it and people would listen. So I don't know. And I didn't listen to the whole thing. But I just want to say this about Roseanne from a comedian's point of view, because what she said was stupid and very racist. However, I don't actually think she knew Valerie Jarrett was black. Not that it matters. You still are too stupid to think straight if you're going to post that as this famous of a person about anybody and ape is just the absolutely wrong thing to call someone but reading the exchange right after that when someone was like holy shit that's racist she was like no it's not racist because i don't think she knew the woman was black and now her entire career is on the toilet because she's racist against black people which i think if that's not true and i and just as a reader of people and intention i can sort of tell that it's not true that she's racist. I feel kind of bad for her. Also, as a funny person who puts their foot in their mouth all the time, I feel twice as bad for her uh, because you can really make yourself look like a dipshit over nothing. I mean, the ambient thing, I mean, that's just stupid. Why do you even tweet if you're on it? Why? Just just people should not take ambient. It obviously makes you do terrible things. We learned that in New York. I, Mark and I were talking to a friend who sleep shops on ambient. She gets packages in the mail with like a, a hooded cape and shit. Because she's like buying, <laughs> she's like buying stuff on on Amazon while she's on Ambien. It's just not a good idea that Ambien. But like, I don't know. Just wanted to discuss it because I kind of feel bad for her. But this podcast was stupid, stupid idea. I don't know. It, was, it sounded horrible. She sounded. He yeah, called she her. Sounded like yeah. He must have called her while she was in the car. Under a bridge. Here we go. I, I don't understand. I, I woke up. I tweeted something. I, then I woke up in the morning. I was fired. It's actual footage, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm just kidding. That's John talking into a plastic cup, and it's actually brilliant. He sounds just like her. It's amazing. Anyway, so any thoughts about that? I just wanted to bring it up because I was like, why is this guy starting a podcast just to hear Roseanne complain about her ruined life? It was a PR job, to be honest with you. But this is sucks. how she's trying to work it back. I just think it sucks. The, the shopping at night when you wake up is a real thing. I, I woke up uh, a week ago in the middle of the night and I went to my Amazon app. I think I had a dream and I bought a, a Zoom H6 recorder. <gasps> what? Yeah. I, in the middle of the night, I just picked up. I don't know why. You're not I woke on up. Ambien? No sleep no, induced no, no, I don't know what it was. But when I woke when the next day, it said, uh, your recorder's on the way. And I'm like, what? I thought somebody hacked my account, but I did actually buy a Zoom H6 recorder in the middle of the night. Oh my God, aren't they like four hundred dollars? Three hundred and thirty-five dollars. Oh it's a great little tool. I like it. What do you 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 are literally sitting in a self-made studio with a Zoom H6 you don't need. You don't go anywhere. I'm going to do things. And plus, right. the other thing, I have clients that use it too. I think that's what would have happened. I had a client that was having problems with it. And I don't. Know how, I didn't know. You know, I didn't have the equipment. So I said, "Well, let me get it, and then I can play with it, and then I, this way I can be more of a." expert in the mm. field anything to report mark on this topic <laughs> any night shopping that's right they just give it to you for free no yeah they just exactly <laughs> even when i'm not there, even when he's uh, there. Got, I, i've had some questionable things in my uh my shopping basket on amazon thanks to having an alexa at home and people coming around and ordering comedic oh my things God, that's hilarious. of course Your yeah friends that's are wonderful 
Yeah, I tried to order Kieran a 42 vibrators, uh, apparently the maximum order is 10. So, interestingly... I mean, you only have so many case, holes. Yeah, I know, but he's, I, I did wonder guy. about that. But then you've got, like, maybe there's some in the wash, maybe, I don't know that's how it true. works. That's true. You know true. I mean? Leave one in the car, you know, you gift one. So that's one. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of different one options. One in every but room anyway, in a house. Comes, they have one now that goes on yeah. a necklace that you what? can buy. Really? Yep. You can wear it around. I mean, around, you've like got to jewelry. be pretty flexible to be able to get to that no, one. No, I mean, wait you, a minute, you just take it oh off. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. got it. I, I would take got the it, necklace off before you end up in traction. You're ooming a lot here. You got it. Well, so I'm just thinking about this whole Roseanne thing. Um, yeah, she's she's obviously very naive, and uh, I, but I agree with you. I don't think she I don't think she real quite realized what she'd done. Um, but back to the podcast. I, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like uh, podcasts are the cool things that you do if you want to look humble and vulnerable. Yeah. Like, show up. Yeah. It just, like you're with she's the people. Do it. She's with the yeah. people now because she's on a podcast. I'm down here. A rabbi's I'm just on podcast. my phone. It's all, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm all chilled. It's just a phone call between two friends. We can be really honest. Like, yeah. yeah. But if we can't tell what you're saying, that's a problem, Roseanne Love. So, Rabbi, tell them how religious I am and how I read the Torah all the time and how my children are affected by all this. <laughs> I don't think she was like that. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? But I agree with you, Jess. I think it's just a... And you, John, as well. I think it's just a bit of a PR play. And it's almost a don't demean podcasting by just thinking you can throw it up. Don't use us as your humble brag. That's obnoxious. (laughs) I agree. That's exactly what it is. Well, if you're going to do that, go to Joe Rogan's studio. He'll have you there. Get on a real microphone and have a real conversation. So many comedians she knows would have her. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Even Bill Burr would probably have her. All right. So this week, oddly enough, well, not oddly, but we are hardly ever have a weird and wild show of the week. But this week we do. And we actually have the person who hosts the show send us some audio. So we're going to play this. And then I think we're going to wrap things up. So let's do weird and wild show of the week. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Show of the week. Hi, everyone. This is Ginger Campbell from Brain Science and Books and Ideas. I need your help with a new podcast that I will be launching soon called Graying Rainbows, coming out later in life. For the first time ever, I will be doing a very personal show, and my goal is to create a supportive community for anyone coming out as LGBT or Q later in life. I believe that this is a growing but relatively invisible community that faces unique challenges. I am hoping that fellow She Podcasters will help me find artwork and other resources and help me connect with other LGBT podcasters. If you would like to help or want to learn more, please reach out to me on Facebook or write to me at grainrainbows at gmail.com. Just spell gray with an A. And I hope to see you at... Uh-oh. She cut pod- off. I'm sorry. Oh. I, I and she hopes to see you at Podcast Movement, which is where she will be. So Dr. Ginger has a show called Brain... She didn't say podcast. She's from the Brain Science Podcast and Books and Ideas. Brain Science has been a once-a-month a once a month show for 10 years. She gets 40,000 downloads an episode, um, and she and she covers books and, and um, interviews authors uh, about neuroscience. It's a really interesting show. Um, her husband passed away a couple years ago, and since then she has come out as bi or gay. I not important. She's come out as LGBT. What? Why are you giving me that look? I wasn't. I was just looking at the camera. No, you were not. What did I do wrong? Did I out her? She just said she was. Did I out her? Uh, no, it was just like you said. You started to go what into the story. And you're like, does it matter? 
the part that doesn't okay the part that doesn't matter is if she's gay or bi or what that part doesn't matter she has come out as part of this community and um she's starting a show called graying rainbow she's in her 60s and wants to help and highlight this community and i think it's really cool i do want to point out that it's neither weird nor wild that's just the name of the segment and so it was a good way to put it there. Well, I think it's brilliant that she's actually asking people that listen to a podcast to help her out with some stuff like this. I mean, I think it's brilliant. She's in front of an, a larger audience that, that would maybe want to help her out with artwork and stuff like that. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, to do she's this. looking she's looking for podcasters. So it is good. And I was happy to help her because I love Dr. Ginger. Um, so, yeah, help her out. Graying Rainbows with an A at gmail.com. And actually, we are going to have to wrap up because these two guys both told me separately that they had a hard stop. More BDE for for you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you want to find us, our show notes, our links to all the things you can apply for, go to ShePodcast.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ShePodcast. If you want to send us feedback, tell us about all the people you know with Big Dick Energy. Or I think there's some other questions we asked at the beginning. Oh, about texting. Tell us your feedback. Feedback at ShePodcast.com. Thank you so much, Mark, from Podcast Websites, my brother and partner in crime, for being here today. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun. Thank you both. It's been fun. I've enjoyed this a heck of a lot. I'll see everyone at Podcast Movement. Yeah, yes, we'll see you guys at Podcast Movement. Thanks, John, as always. And also, if you would like an editor, audio editing solutions for the John John. He is the brilliant editor. Yeah, Dr. Ginger, I'm available. Now, I don't know if, Mark, you know how to close out the show, but I say I love you, and you say mean it. I thought it was going to be love you and leave you, because you know that. No, it's I not love-, love you and leave you. That is that is rude Are you sure? and crude. Another thing you can write about, love you and leave you in the UK does not mean have sex with you and then leave before snacks what you never leave before snacks well it's very rude thing to do and he signs every coaching call off with i have to love you and leave you and one time i was like you know if you have an american audience that's not a nice thing to say and he said fuck you i'm gonna say it anyway so no you don't say love you leave you it's love you mean it ready love you mean it bye (laughs) (laughs) bye